So, Governor, I, I watch you do your pressers. You know, your hair, your hair is getting a little bushy like mine. So why can somebody go get plastic surgery but can't go get a haircut? Well, I just, Chris, I just have to say, I hope that anybody that's getting any kind of elective surgery would understand that the the level of of medical, you know, disinfecting gloves, sanitation, it's a medical procedure, but that's very different than getting a haircut. I mean, when I've, uh, you know, ever seen anybody going into elective surgery, people are gloved, they're masked, uh, the doctors have all washed their hands for minutes, not for just the minimum of 20 seconds. When you're getting a haircut, I don't see anybody wearing masks or gloves. I mean, that was the way it was before. In the new world, maybe it will be, but I, I think that's, again, just a, a a dramatically false comparison between one thing that's a medical procedure versus something that's a personal care service. Yeah, but with and that being it, said, Governor, there's a lot of rural hospitals right now that are having issues. They're furloughing nurses, they're furloughing workers because they can't do elective surgeries. They can do elective surgery, Chris. We never shut, we never issued any orders that stopped anyone from doing elective surgery or any level of medical. Medical has been open in North Dakota from the get-go and it's still so, open. So why is Essentia and other, we had the uh, uh, hospital in Minot, why are they furloughing people or laying people off? Well, I'm, I'm sure each, each one of them would have to answer that question yourself in terms of their business model, uh, because I've said, uh, during a time when there's a drop, lower demand, because there's lower demand for a lot of things, because COVID has created a demand shock for oil, for medical services, uh, you know, all kinds of things. And a hospital, if they furlough people, they can, they can instead of paying them themselves, they can go on now a very enriched federal uh, unemployment insurance. Uh, hospitals can get dollars through the federal uh, programs, the CARES Act that was just applied. And then there was a whole wave of new changes that were made uh, by uh, the Medicare and Medicaid that allows people to hospitals to get reimbursed for all kinds of stuff that they hadn't done before. So they've got all kinds of avenues to try to adjust their business models going forward. And one of them, uh, I, one one thing that the individual one could do is decide uh, that I'm going to uh, furlough some employees for a while. Uh, but those those are choices they're made. None of that was mandated by the government, and the federal government has stepped up in three huge ways. Uh, to support those. And again, as we come out the backside of this, we need to have a strong, healthy uh, medical capability in our state. And I'm confident that those organizations that are navigating through this will, in a smart way, will come out in a strong way on the backside. Governor, I posted you were going to be on. I've been sort of incorporating some of those questions from people in our conversation already, but I mean, we just got so much. So if you don't mind, sir, just because there's so many questions here, if we can kind of rapid uh, fire some stuff. So Representative Becker said also, you know, if you want, your kid can go to a full capacity child care center, but can't go to the playground. Last week, we had Fargo Mayor Tim Mahoney say, if you go to the playground with 10 or more people, you could potentially be subject to a $1,000 fine. Do you concur with that? Well, uh, I can't speak for uh, what local rules are and all the... But he's saying, but, sir, I don't mean to interrupt you. What he's saying is that if you break the governor's executive order and you're with 10 or more people at a, at a playground, you could be subject to a $1,000 fine. Well, local in, local enforcement is up to local agencies, but it's also not true because we issued an, we issued emergency child care grants where child care centers had to reduce their density in those child care centers if they're going to qualify for the grants. So we did modify uh, how how we were doing child care in the state of North Dakota because we understood that was necessary for us to get all those frontline workers, keep them going. Okay. Uh, in the uh, Laura Dahl asked, why was the factory in Grand Forks open when wind, winter, when wind energy is not really necessary? Well, 
this is a, again, this is a thing you've just been, you know, saying you got all these people saying, why isn't everything open? Well, certainly uh, energy is considered an essential industry in America, regardless of what source it comes from. And when we flip the light switch, we want to make sure that electricity comes on. And so uh, there is not in any plant for any kind of energy in any state didn't fall under the shelter in place to stay at home. Every energy business has been open across America uh, during this entire thing, Governor. and they would have fallen underneath underneath that same uh, criteria. Governor, but we you... all closed no manufacturers in North Dakota, so it didn't matter what you were making in North Dakota. If you were a manufacturer, you could remain open. And I, I think everyone in our in our state loves and respects you, but but to say that wind is essential, I think it's going to be hard for some people to grasp. Can you help clarify that, please? We never said it was essential. You just did, and sir. We, no, we, we said energy is essential, not wind. All kinds of energy is essential, and all manufacturers stayed open, Chris. And so uh, it's, an, it's an interesting question, but it doesn't really apply here because all manufacturing was open in North Dakota. All right. The other one is uh, Patty Jo Meyer says, why is the quarantine for the LM workers not including family members? And then how are you going to enforce the quarantine order for the LM workers? Well, the quarantine, uh, you know, we're making an assumption that if, if someone can, uh, when they stay at home, even in a household, if you are quarantined, that means you don't have symptoms now, uh, but you're asked to stay home. Those people should be trying to stay, uh, you know, separate bedroom, away from, whatever they can do. But we're not in a position where we would say the whole household is locked down if the person that's being quarantined uh, doesn't even have symptoms yet. Uh, we are getting back up there with broader testing to try to test everybody that didn't get tested last a week uh, to make sure that if there's more positives, we're catching uh, them. And if there's someone was a positive at that point, then the quarantine does apply to other household members. And do you enforce that with, is that subject to a $1,000 fine as well? Or what's the enforcement? Enforcement is local health department. That's okay. how that would get done locally. Governor, I got to ask you this just because you're friends with him. So I want to get your reaction. Uh, Bill Gates tweeted out last week when President Trump wanted to halt funding to the WHO. Zach, if you can bring the graphic up, please. But Bill Gates said halting funding for the World Health Organization during a world health crisis is as dangerous as it sounds. Their work is slowing the spread of COVID-19. And if that work is stopped, no other organization can replace them. The world needs the World Health Organization now more than ever. Do you agree with Bill Gates on this? Well, I'm I'm not a uh, going to get jump in the middle between uh, the president of the United States and Bill Gates about funding for World Health Organization, but uh, because it's it, it's an interesting thing where the United States does pay more than any other country for our portion of that, and yet only about three or four percent of the people that work there uh, are uh, are from the United States, and so there probably are. If we're going to be the largest funder, then we might want to have. A, a, a more more people from our country working there, uh, so there could be some changes there. But anytime when anytime when you're helping fund a nonprofit, uh, you ought to have some say what goes on there. Sure. Uh, so I, under, I understand that position uh, that that the president feels that we ought to have more more say. But I also understand uh, that this would probably be the wrong time to defund an organization that's probably trying to stop a pandemic that has sir, brought the world economy to a close. To be fair, sir, they took China's talking points and said, hey, there's no person-to-person -person transmission back in like the middle or late January. I mean, they, they clearly lied and people have died because of it. Well, not, that wasn't your question. Your question was, you know, should you stop funding them? And clearly mistakes have been made. 
but this is the organization that's trying to stop a pandemic. And and uh, and I guess if uh, people want to have our economy being collapsed longer, then we shouldn't have any coordinated uh, effort around the world to stop it. But if that's our, I would say the best way to try to influence. And if we're a major funder, then we should influence it towards the higher performance uh, going forward. Governor Burgum, thanks for the time and all your hard work. I know you're working literally 24-7, so we really, really appreciate it. We look forward to having you back, sir. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. All right, stay with us. A lot more coming up there. What, what an outstanding opportunity there to visit and to have the governor take your questions. So we'd love to know your thoughts what you heard there. Um, also, at the end of the show, we're going to share with you a pretty cool new tool we have here that uh, can help us share more stories with you. It's very easy to share your point of view. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.